Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 74. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. It is going to be fun. We have so much to talk about and maybe like a 50-minute to an hour segment to talk about it. So, Rob, here we go. The episode starts right now. Guess who's back? Back again. Guess who's back? We're not shaving. <laughs> Guess who's back? Guess who's back? I'm half black. That's a fact. Okay, here we go. <laughs> What's up? This is Sports Debate Tuesday along with my man. Say it with me, people. Rob, keep it. McLean, McLean. I am Jason DeBilius. I'm your host with the most, as opposed to hostess with the mostest, and got a lot to talk about. We've been talking a lot about football, mixed martial arts a little bit, but but um, it's because it's our wheelhouse. We got some little basketball to talk at the end. The baseball, uh, baseball, the playoffs are in. My Yankees are not in. My Buffalo Bills lost last night. Maybe we'll do that on at the end. A quick question: Was that a good call on fourth down? Oh, was it this and that? I mean, hint. Uh, I liked it. Okay, spoiler. I liked it. But Rob, first things first, man. We got we got to go through the dregs on this one, okay? Um, NFL. Um, not at all the facts are out. Um, I didn't want to talk about this last week but because it was really, really fresh. and But because we took a week off, well, I want us to go on our first take on this, what we first thought when we heard it, and then after the facts folded out, um, if you still felt the same or you felt differently, all right? Rob, NFL. John Gruden found himself in hot water after emails were racially insensitive, anti-gay, and sexist, and misogynistic. It resulted in his reg- resignation as a head coach, uh, the head coach of the Raiders. Um, so some of these things are crazy. In the emails, he called the Leeds commissioner, uh, uh, let's just, well, it's a podcast, so we could say faggot. <laughs> um, forgive me, um, a set in context, faggot, and a clueless anti-football pussy. Those are the things um, Roger Goodell, um, he said about Roger Goodell. He also referred to a black general manager as his bottom lip being like a Michelin tire. Um, He pressured Jeff Fisher, the coach of the Rams, to not draft queers, uh, referring to Michael Sam. Um, Called Vice President Joe Biden a nervous, clueless pussy, which I don't think is a a sexist or misogynistic thing. But, and I'm a guy who voted for Biden. I just think we, we say whatever we want about our politicians. And, I, and we know that Barack Obama and Trump, Donald Trump have been called worse. Um, he also criticized player Eric Reed for taking a knee during the national anthem and said he should be fired for doing so. So loaded question. And these are some of the things, if you want to just pick some of the things that I use as an example, or if you just have something you want to say about this, I'm going to give you the floor. But the question is this. When you first heard that an emails came out about racially insensitive uh, um, comments in, uh, via via private email or, or business email uh, to some of the GMs and some of the other coaches and some of some of his contemporaries. The question is, what was your first take? And then after getting the facts, does the punishment fit the crime? Rob McLean, yak 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 yak. Three minutes in, the floor is yours. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I I mean I've heard it before, but I guess laid out that that kind of plainly. You know, it kind of puts it in a different perspective. But, uh, yeah, with, with John Gruderman, you know, it's hard because he didn't do anything right now. You know what I mean? So, you know, maybe this is the reason why he was out of the league for a while because, 
you know, there was some sort of thing brewing and maybe there's a way that, you know, the Davis family got him out of, you know, the Raider organization, but in all essence, like the, the only thing I would, I would see is like, maybe they could have a little bit more of an investigation into if this is the culture that he's bringing to the Raiders now. Um, if this is the reasons why he traded away, I mean, he traded away some type of players that you just don't trade away. Like you don't trade away Khalil, Khalil Mack. You, you don't do that. You know what I mean? Why did, why did that? And the only reason he said that he, they traded away at that time was because uh, he didn't fit the culture. You know, he didn't want to fit into the culture that they were trying to create there as the Raiders. So, um, and this is back in Oakland, you know what I mean? This isn't even in LA, I mean, uh, in Las Vegas. So yeah, uh, very difficult, but, uh, in essence, I don't, it's not really a punishment. You know, he was fired by his employer, you know, four years into a 10 year contract. Yes. Because these things came up, but more because they were damaging as well as they really weren't doing very well. You know, they were doing well this year. I think that created a good roster, you know, but is that Mike Mayock's job or is that John Gruden's job, you know, and they didn't play well for three years. They sold off all their players and now they have a decent season, you know, but it's they're four and two, three and three right now. It's not like they're six and oh, you know, they're having a decent season. Um, I, I just don't see why he should have to keep his job. Um, I don't think it was a punishment, to be honest. Like, it's not like the NFL said that you, you're not allowed to keep this job. You're banned from the NFL. He was just fired from his employer because he damaged the organization's, uh, you know, the look of the organization itself. Um, I mean, I think that's more damaging than what he did to the NFL because this is not something he did out in public. It's not something he did, you know, to other people. This is something he did behind the scenes. Um, and, again, this is uh, information that, was decided to let to let go, you know, to explain their decision. They could have just done this decision behind scenes and been like, hey, you know, Gruden's this and that, but, you know, we're not going to talk about it. And, uh, you know, we're going to let him keep his honor. But, you know, they, you know, they kind of shredded him for who he is. And, like, that's – he has the opportunity to, play, to, to coach for another team. You know, he wasn't banned by the NFL. You know, he's still getting paid his contract. Well, four years. So the, the first four years, he's he he just kissed sixty million goodbye, because he resigned. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah. Well, resigned. Cool. I mean, he jumped. He jumped off that ship before it sunk him. So I mean, I know you said he got yeah, fired, but, but it was the, coming. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's coming. Yeah. So it's like, I'm pretty sure. I thought he got fired and then he resigned from his job. But yeah, either or. But I'm I'm got my fat yeah. people looking into that right now. But yes, I, I, I just because I thought he I thought he um, like you thought he got fired. I thought he resigned. So I just wanted to look it up. And it turned out he was mm -hmm. he, he he resigned. And of course, the owner accepted his resignation. So but he, he like you said, he had to jump Good off that second him. ship. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah, I mean, but again, like he could have stayed and, and, and proven himself, you know, correct and and, mm -hmm. and and been straight about it. But it is what it is. You know, I don't think he was he really wanted to coach much longer, to be honest. I think uh hmm. You know, this, things are finally starting to turn out for him. But, you know, it didn't really seem like he had a lot of hope and, and faith in that team. You know, so a 10-year contract for $100 million is a lot of money. And uh, how do you not yeah. take that contract? But Yeah, you, yeah, I mean, you, John keep your, Gruden, you man, kept 40. Mm -hmm. I, some of those comments were just unnecessary. You know, they weren't even like, you know, you, you think about what in what context could that email have been sent, you know, to where that could have accidentally have been in there or, you know, some people just talk like that. I get that. But where did those comments come in where they explain something or they value something or they, 
you know, give any type of information to, to those, uh, you know, from those comments. So it just really does like Michael Sam, you could just talk about him. He wasn't really a great, good football player. Maybe he did get, maybe you do have a point that, you know, he did get drafted because something about him was sensualized, uh, sensualized as opposed to his football play. That could be a conversation, but to say don't draft him because he's gay, you know, is the wrong way to say it. You know, maybe it's the wrong way to say, it, but that's the way he decided to ex- describe it as opposed to he's not a good football player, you know, and that's just kind of the point is why, what are you focusing on as, if you're not focusing on football? You know, what kind of culture are you trying to create? if not for a good football coaching. So, John Rob, Yeah. So, did the punishment fit the crime? Of course, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. he resigned, so it's not necessarily even a punishment. You know, he just right. took himself out of the running. <laughs> All right, so. Rob, keep it. McLean. McLean. My first take. Because I, my first take when it came out, it was they said it was one email from like 12 years ago. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm like, here we go again with this cancel culture bullshit. You want to uh, take something someone said 12 years ago and be like, oh, that's who you are now. That's who you are. You, you can't change. It's impossible for you to change and this and that. And I'm just like, oh, come on. Here we, here we go again. And then, and then as, as the news continued to unfold, there was a pattern from 2011 to 2018. There's a series of emails and this and that. And I'm just like, oh, okay. He got a problem. You know, I mean, he's, I I mean, he has a prop. He has an old school problem. I mean, on the surface, I'm like, he's got a problem because that's something this in this climate that they, they don't tolerate jokes that we consider tasteless. Like nobody on this podcast, nobody in the NFL thinks that man is racist, racist in, in the classic sense of the word is the inherent belief that someone is superior or inferior based on their race. I don't think that John Gruden thinks that way of black people or, or himself as a white man. He just doesn't, you know? And if he does, he, it, it's reverse racism where he thinks they're inherently better because they're black. Because he, he's he been in the best shape of his life and done 20, you know, 40 sprints with some of his athletes and, and he's just getting killed. He's just getting marred by them. But when I my first take was, these, uh, these people are out of their minds, you know? And I'm like, and I always get mad at these cancel culture people because I'm like, if you're not going to forgive someone, if it's the death penalty for everything, little thing's going to happen. My question is, to quote the movie Cops, what you're going to do when they come for you? <laughs> what are you going to do when, when your turn comes up? You, you know, I don't, you know me, Rob. I don't think that people should be held accountable for things that happened 10, 10 years or more because you might be a, just a different person. But th- what this did was send a message that um, that old school, uh, old school style of coaching or, or like hazing players that get per, uh, to perform or, 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 just, or just saying jokes in the good old boys club that they, they might think is funny, but people outside that good old boys club might, think, might not think is funny. Um, in the privacy of your own home, now uh, it's that sent a message saying that you don't, you don't, you don't even get to think about those things. It is um, Mark Cuban once said that it's a slippery slope when you start taking conversation when people start recording conversations we have in our kitchen or or this or whatever, and, and and it's out in public because it's a slippery slope because what you say in the privacy of your own home just might just might be satire. It's not, it's not, it's, it, I don't think it's, it might not be racism. Like between me and Kelly, what we say in our kitchen, I don't want anybody to hear what we say in our kitchen because we have a sense of humor that, uh, of where the conversation is acute to just me and her. 
And that's what I'm saying. The series of emails Gruden was having were conversations that were cute to him and that person. Are they racially insensitive? Yes. Are they are they moronic? Yes. Are they even funny in this in this climate? I don't even. I mean, I don't think I've ever laughed at that. But if I did, I'm, I'm, I don't laugh at those things anymore. I mean, queer is not even like a not even like a fun fun term anymore. Like for people that were doing tasteless jokes back in the 80s and 90s. Even Andrew Dice Clay never said the word queer. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Um, so with that being said, yes, the punishment does fit the crime. I think uh, he's going to be sent to his room. I think resigning was the right thing to do. And I think somehow, some way, even though his win-loss record doesn't suggest he deserves a job. he's. I mean, before the Raiders, he was 57 and 55 lifetime. That's. I mean, you like that? Not something to, to, to brag about, right? And I just pulled up some of the stats on 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 his win-loss record because you were talking about, like, he wasn't that good when he, when he became the Raiders coach. He said, this is his fourth year, so check this out. First year is four and twelve. Second year is seven nine. Third year is eight and eight. This year was four and two. Um, was three and two, but the fourth victory came without him. And I, I like some, like you said, some of the terms I don't think are misogynistic. If you're if you're from his old school, like calling someone a p word. Oh, sorry, it's a podcast, pussy, right? Uh, um, is is sensitive to some people. That's saying, oh, you know, you're you're associating that with women, and women are are weak, and then so you're calling him weak because he's a woman, and that's misogynistic. So so they have this path where where it's whatever. But in 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 a sport like football, in a sport where it's, where it's, there's just men and testosterone filled around, these are not uh, wake up people. These are not uncommon terms. Do you, do you think you're supposed to go behind the locker room walls uh, uh, and put a speaker there and change their culture? Uh, sure. Go ahead, give it, give it your best shot. I'm, I mean, I'm cool either way. You know, I, I, ju I just, but what we don't want to do is take these things and be like, oh, he's sexist. Uh, oh, he has a problem with black people. Oh, he has a problem with gay people. I don't even think he has a problem with gay people. He's, I think he was trying to say, don't even, don't draft that guy be because he's gay. You know, or, or you know, and and um, and Michael Sam, I find different because Michael Sam was. People got to remember was co MVP, a defensive MVP from in the SEC at, at Missouri. Okay, and what the SEC is supposed to be, right? The end all be all as far as like recruiting the best talent to the NFL, right? It's, it's basically an NFL combine. They could leave the NCAA, have their own conference, and people will still watch it, and they won't even they won't even they won't even hiccup. So it's weird because he he came out before the draft, and then all of a sudden he was getting passed up. So do they have a homosexual problem in the NFL? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, they do. Because that, that's one of the things that, that people need to be more sensitive about. You know, someone using the F word affectionately or this or that, can't, can't, that can't be done. That, that's, that's like a no-no because there's just the climate um, and just people understanding how that could be offensive or shape a culture that would ridicule someone because, you know, they, because they're gay. You know what I'm saying? It shapes a culture where you look at someone like they're less of a man. And that's not racist because homosexuality is not a race, but, um, and that's, go ahead, Rob. Cause I yeah, no, I'm just saying like, mm -hmm. but I think the difference between, you know, having a conversation in your own home and mm -hmm. sending emails mm -hmm. to those officials, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, to certain officials about certain people is a whole different thing, you know? And even if it's banter, you know, that's, you know, you're talking in a professional setting, even if it's not Gruden's, uh, fault, let's say. It's the fault of the professional in that position of entertaining that conversation. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. He's going out of his way to, to share his thoughts to an official on a team. 
And what it seems like a lot of it has to do with the Washington football team. I don't know where a lot of that's going, but hey, Jay Gruden, John Gruden, Washington football team. Why is there a lot of conversation going on there? You know, so it it's uh, and in, I, in an already said, sensitive climate. They're called the Washington football team for a reason. Right. Think right? about that. So, Rob, before we move on to the next subject, was is the operative word here uh, um, banter or is the operative word email? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess what I'm asking is, how could you be so galactically stupid to put well, we're, anything, we're assuming anything banter? Yeah. We're, we're assuming banter. It right. could have been a very detailed and pointed message. It could have been a very loose message. You know, I think right. the, the point of it is that it's not uh, a casual conversation. It was just a, it yeah. was a, a, it was like a letter. You know, that's what mm -hmm. I see emails are, especially in now, nowadays, you know, where you can text somebody if you really need to talk to them. If you're sending an email, you're trying to privatize it. And, you know, at any bit, you're trying to create a message, you know, something long, longer, probably than shorter. Um, it's just it doesn't seem the right way to to have a quick banter type conversation about something very right. light, yeah. you know. And yeah, and I think until they release it out of their entire in its entirety, I think we'll get more context and probably have a better opinion of it. Right. But but for now, I think we both agree he got caught with his hand you know and um with with his hand where it doesn't belong and he got sent to his room taking his toys away but i think i i agree with you he's not permanently grounded i think i think i think like i said the best for me the best thing you can do and we're going to approach another topic about this sometimes if you're busted the only two you only have two choices you can come clean right stand 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 in front on front street and take it on the chin from whoever wants to take a punch or you just hide until it dies down so those are two choices and we'll where i guess what uh, it remains to be seen as time goes on if, if he if he's going to give a second chance or a third chance on this one um all right rob so that's the end of uh, topic one topic two we go to our nfl pick six we missed an entire week and i actually seem to be missing week four somewhere so since i'm taking my own show on this um um until Miranda joins us again and we start doing this in studio. Um, I got to find that week and we'll do the totals. But I will say Kristen Nuss was our competition. Kristen Nuss is an AVP professional beach volleyball player, probably going to enter the FIVB scene with her partner, Taryn Cloth. She went to LSU and then, and then the college beach volleyball pairing system was a perfect 35-0. and 0. She won a lot of the regional tournaments. She won Wapaka. She won Coconut Beach. She won Atlantic City, which was a 100K purse. And then on the tour stop, won the very first one in Atlantic City from the qualifier, no less. So congratulations on your 3-3 three and three record, all right? But um, I'll, I'll let you know next week how it works out with the total ratings uh, as far as our guests and battling the host. And we'll have a surprise guest coming up this week. But for now, Rob, this is the NFL Pick 6. Rob, our first game, the pick, the pick six. Uh, Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs beating the uh, are meeting the Tennessee Titans. Titans are hosting. Who you got? Uh, I think you said that right. I think it's going to be the Chiefs over the Titans. Not crazy. Like, Bills beat Chiefs. Titans beat Bills. And I think Chiefs beat Titans. Titans were very lucky to get in and out, despite the fact Ooh. that, that um, Henry. Henry Henry's a problem, you know? And it was a problem, but it, I let's mean, let's see if he does that two weeks in a row, though. For real, I, I would love, I would love to be wrong this week, but let's see if we do it two weeks in a row. And I'm also biased for my team. I think like the Titans. I mean, remember Julio Jones catches that ball off a, off a bounced helmet. That has to be Player of the Year, dude. And then keeps both feet in. And he played it like a regular reception. So, but with 
this guy running 142 yards and two scores with Julio Jones doing all this. How good are the Bills that they still almost won that game? Oh How good gosh, are the Buffalo guy, Bills that do all of that nonsense? There? I mean, I'm biased. Okay, I'm a you know you should have you should have won that game far and long ago. Yeah, How about that. Yeah, there's you that too. That game up. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> so, I mean, very much like Pittsburgh. That that I mean, looking back, there's going to be the one that got away. Um, uh, game two on our pick six, we have the Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to go first on mm-hmm. this one. Uh, Lamar Jackson's the real deal. He's 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 doing him. He's putting up MVP type numbers. He didn't put him up last week, but he also showed that he can have a bad game, an okay game, and 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 be smart enough to know when his defense is playing good football and 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 understand the climate. I think he'll understand the climate on this one. And even though Joe Burrow is our is our new guy, <laughs> I gotta go with the Ravens on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Ravens Ravens because I think Lamar Jackson is about to blow up this league. I think that Jim Harbaugh is finally settling into knowing that Lamar's real deal. So, um, yeah, if he's going to sit back there and beat them with passing like that, and then he's going to beat them on the legs, like that team's unstoppable. Did so, you see how pretty he was in the pocket, man? What, right? And he didn't, he didn't even turn his legs, man. And then when he starts moving, it's like, uh-oh, there it goes. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> man, they must have forgot. Uh, game three, Falcons. Visiting the Ooh. Miami Dolphins. Miami uh, suffered a, a loss in England, and now they get to play host to the Falcons. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins just because I think that they're actually going to you know, put it together. Um, yeah, they still got a long way to go, but they got so much freaking talent on that roster that they're going to get wins against bad teams. So Falcons, eh, I yeah. am Dolphins. Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, so anyone betting on this, uh, as far as the line, the total line is concerned, whatever it is, even if it's 51 points, take the points. These, both of these teams are going to score back and forth, and it's going to be whoever has the ball last. Two, I think, is made of sterner stuff, and I think the Dolphins pull this out here. Um, game four, Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. They seem to be on every pick six. What's, what's up, man? Maybe it's because every game's a show. They visit the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I'll go first on this one. I thought the Raiders showed like John who <laughs> we don't care. Um, they performed really, really well uh, over the uh, last weekend um, as far as like a complete game is concerned on, on all three sides of the ball. And I think on all three sides of the ball, they're just a better team. I'm not going to make up a why. Sometimes the better team wins another better team this weekend. I picked the Raiders. For as good as John Gruden is at preparing his teams or creating his teams, I think he does the worst job of letting his uh, quarterback like have the reins and start doing great things. So I think this is actually a perfect opportunity for the Raiders to let go of John Gruden and move on and allow J- uh, Derek Carter really work through the system and, and do what he's supposed to do. So I think the Raiders are going to start actually start dominating the season. So I'm with the Raiders. I think it's going to be an easy win and uh, let's get rolling. Hey, to quote the movie Die Hard, uh, Die Hard 2, <laughs> you showed some balls out there, McLean. Now I'll show you some good sense. <laughs> Such as with John Gruden showing this team the gumption or whatever. And now you got these guys that are showing them how to win. So I like you. And uh, I like I, I like our take on that. Uh, game five, we have the Bears visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. Buccaneers. <laughs> Gotta go Buccaneers next. I mean, I could talk about how bad I felt about Fields not winning that game against Green Bay, but the hits just keep on coming. Uh, game six, 
we have the cults. Carson Wentz and the cults mm. visiting the Niners. Niners got a bit yeah. of a situation. I go first on this one. This is this is. I don't know what the liners are, where this what the spread is, but I, my guess is the Niners are still favored at home. So I would call this a mild upset. This is Jason's upset special of the week. I'm going cults. No, this is my upset. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like what that what I saw last week. Um, I love that deep ball from Paris Campbell. Um, I think they're really starting to try to do something. Uh, with Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, and they got a good defense, so it's only going to go off from there. So uh, I'm going to pick the Colts on this one. Yeah, I'm. I'm not, I've never been that big of a Carson Wentz believer, not because I think he's a scrub, but but because I think people are making more of him than he really is. But at the same time, you can't have a better coach than Frank Reich as far as um, just navigating him through all these 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 landmines. A guy seems to step on him, blow up, and and. and I think at the end of the season, they're going to be better than everybody thinks. I just hope that they don't lose too many games before it's too late for them to do something about it, right? So yeah. there's that. Um, Jets don't have the don't didn't play this week. That's good. Uh, Buffalo's off this week as well as the Dallas Cowboys. Um, too bad for my Buffalo Bills, but again, we'll talk about that on Quick Question. For now, we go into our third topic, our third category, keeping you MMA fans up to speed or keeping us up to speed with you, you fanatics out there, you diehards. All right, Rob and I are a mixture of purist and uh, purist uh, versus enthusiast versus MMA fans, and here we go. Uh, we had three three big events this week. And there seems to be an event every week these days. And some cards have good star power. And some are top heavy. And on those cards, we get surprised when those small cards deliver. Because some of them have. And some of these big cards have come up, you know, come up short. Um, and the last two weeks, however, have done little to nothing to distract us from the elephant in the room. That elephant is John Jones. John Jones, 34 years of age, was arrested on September 24th on charges of misdemeanor domestic violence and felony injuring and or tampering with a vehicle after an alleged physical altercation with his fiance, Jesse Moses, at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. The incident which left Moses bloodied in front of her children, was just the latest of a string of John Jones' run-ins with the law. Uh, Mike Winklejohn, who's his coach from J Jackson Winklejohn MMA, has all but said he's not welcome back, indefinitely or not, though the, some of his coaches will be training him off-site, um, I guess because John's still trying to do uh, fight in the heavyweight division. Dana White in the UFC has been hush about this, and John has lashed out at a reporter who asked him about this, calling her a witch and telling her to fuck off. <laughs> and now we find ourselves saying, here we go again. Rob, my question to you is, one, why hasn't cancel culture come after Jones as hard as others? And two, is it time for the UFC to move on? Um... <clears throat> I believe that uh, cancer cancer hasn't come after John just because he's really controlled his image in the media, especially when all these things happen. Even though he said he wasn't going to do a PR stunt this time, he's still doing PR stunts just quietly. Um, <clears throat> and Dana really controls the, you know, the top fighters, the bad media that comes out. He really controls that all the time. And that, I think he does a lot behind the scenes to make sure that bad press doesn't hit. Uh, he can feed them with, something new something you know some different card or some just some more information that they don't have to use that uh, uh john jones story or something um but yeah i think there's a lot of control when it comes to the media when it comes to john jones and he's a he's one of the biggest names he was one of the youngest names forever he's a, he's gonna be a hall of famer no matter what um so i think they're just trying to control that <laughs> you know his crashing image as much as possible but um 
should they be done with him? I think either way, um, it'll be good for both. You know, if they stay, maybe John makes it better. You know, he's gonna he's gonna fight one of the top contenders in the heavyweight division, and he's either gonna lose and it's gonna be big, and he's or he's gonna win, it's gonna be big. You know, if he lo- leaves this you know organization, I think he will be better for it. You know, because he's not just sitting on top as the king, saying this is the amount of money I want to make. He's already got a contract, so he's making money. I mean, he's kind of living large. You know, if he leaves this organization, he has to start to grind and get back to his, you know, art again, or he leaves the fight game. I think either way, something's just got to happen. You know, it's either just got to, John's a part of this organization, he's there, or, you know, they should just leave with him. What do I think should happen? I think they should just cut ties with John. I mean, they got a really nice a prospect list in the heavyweight division already that he doesn't even want to fight any of them. So it doesn't make sense why they would keep him on. Um, yeah, so I think they should just get rid of him. But you Rob, know, with, the, with yeah. the most respect, with their most respect. Of course. I mean, no, we're talking business. We're not talking personal. I think you've done a really good job without, without assuming the worst on personal one. You, either one of us would have every right to, right? I mean, when I heard this news, to quote the great Chris Rock, this is like O.J. Simpson getting caught with another dead white girl. <laughs> and, and then looking at y'all, y'all like, I, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> uh, and, and again, in, in, in the introduction of this topic, I'm like, here we go again. Here we go again. It was pretty, I mean, the police report really painted an ugly picture. And John Jones, of course, is saying, don't believe what you hear. It's not what you think. And this is what we've heard from this guy. Don't believe it's not what you think over and over and over again. It's not what you think when it comes to performance enhancing drugs. It's not what you think when it comes to cocaine being a hell of a drug. A hell of a drug. It's not what you think when he hits a pregnant lady, leaves the leaves scene of the accident, and comes back to allegedly get cash. The list goes on and on and on and every sport has someone like that where the way where he's so good that they don't cut him he's become acceptable antonio like antonio brown was like that for a long time the difference is antonio brown realizes his second chance with the greatest quarterback in the world and, all, and the only thing you hear from antonio brown these days is nothing but football he don't even care about the numbers he's like I'm, i think i could get another ring so jones as far as why the cancel culture hasn't come after him rob people like who they want to like Conor McGregor has done just as bad as him, and and, and he he he's um he's got immunity, you know. Joe Rogan uh, goes on his podcast and he says a lot of things that are controversial, and, and although these days uh, I think, as far as things being taken out of context, I, I mean he's been kind of the victim of some of those things, but he doesn't care because his ratings. He can have Alex Jones on his show, who's like the biggest conspiracy theorist, and it's okay, and and because the people that follow him know that the man's not a threat like john jones is different because it it seems like you know it's i don't know they just like they like watching him fight and the biggest excuse you will hear fans that follow presidents that follow athletes that follow comedians that follow all these people well i I don't care about his personal life i just care about like what he does at his job so and that's why cancel culture hasn't come after him he um and not because he 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 disappears for a little bit until it dies down this dude's on twitter you know calling people a witch and then deletes the tweet which is crazy these days right don't you don't you love when athletes like 
uh, send out a tweet, a tweet, and then delete it 24 hours later, like deleting it is going to be like it never happened. Right. Uh, just, just, just stop. Uh, but lastly, as did a second question, and I, wow, we're getting through this as faster than I thought we would. Dana has a decision to make. If Dana cuts him, he goes to Bellator. Bellator, uh, who, who has some money right now, because I think they're Viacom. Viacom's a freaking machine. Jones goes there to Bellator as the GOAT. And Dana, I think this is a part of Dana that wants him to stay around long enough to lose one match and mm -hmm. then go. This way, he doesn't take his star power and make another company look bigger. Dana is grasping his monopoly with a tight fist. With the heavy, the heavyweight division was the last to go, you know, because you remember with Strikeforce, right? They had Alistair Overeem, they had Fedor, they had uh, um, uh, Fabrice Verdum, they had uh, Daniel Cormier. They had um, seven of the top ten fighters. <laughs> you know, the UFC had Kane and Junior at the time, but the, I'm telling you, Josh Barnett at that time, the. Um, the so Dana was uh, was securing the best fighters from every division with I think with the heavyweights being last, um, even though one one championships got some really good fighters at one twenty five and one thirty five. My God, um, so yeah, they're not gonna they should they cut him? Yes, are they? No, they they they. It's very much like wrestling, like you like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels that. This incident a few years ago, basically Vince told Bret Hart, you have to lose the title because you're going to WCW. You cannot go to WCW with, <laughs> with the WWF championship. So, um, so there's a similar situation where like you, the, these promoters, especially people like Dana White and Vince McMahon, you have to fall. You have to go out on your worst note to, 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 uh, it, it would benefit them, you know? Um, right. Yeah, like it's worked for... McDonald, Gigar Musasi went out on his, you know, on his own. Anthony Johnson, right? Rumble lost a title shot, so you you lose a little bit of your flair. So, and they're not gonna cut him because he's gonna take viewership away from another co company and, and lift another one up. And Dana, Dana um, says he he loves competition, but <laughs> no, he loves crushing them better. <laughs> Those weak competition. That's what he likes. Yeah. All right. If you call it right, they call it competition, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that what you call that these days? You calling that competition? All right. So, uh, Rob, that closes the door in MMA. And we got um, uh, still some stuff to cover, but I'm glad we're rolling right along. But first things first, one of my favorite topics, I give you, ladies and gentlemen, to shame or not to shame. 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 Okay, let's set up our clock. Let's see if I can actually get this right for a change. Ah, oh, there it is. Oh, there goes Rob. That's it. Oh, there oh, it is. It. Oh, there goes Rob. All right, so Rob, to shame or not to shame, Aaron Rodgers scores the winning touchdown, actually pretty much runs to walk to walk in against the Chicago Bears. And he goes to the crowd and he says, quote, um, what, what was it? All my fucking life, I still own you. Taunts the crowd, <laughs> does his discount double check. So Rob, I'm going to start the clock. We have a whole minute apiece. If you want to allocate that time, that's fine. But I think you know, I'm going to give you a whole minute on this. Rob, the question is, is it, is it too sh for Rodgers? Shame or no shame? 
So uh, I definitely don't like the the type of talk, but um, when you, when you really think about it, you know, in a game, especially it doesn't happen a lot with the NFL because there's so much distance from the fans. But you know, NBA baseball it happens sometimes too, but still a lot of distance. There's a lot of banter that goes on between fans and athletes, and you know, sometimes it gets heated. Just as long as it doesn't cross a certain bout of you know boundary, it's fine. You know, um, even if it's a little derogatory, it's not that bad as long as it doesn't get, um, you know, personal. And I think that's, you know, all it comes down to. Um, so when, uh, you know, when he says that and he doesn't follow it up with comments like, you know, Chicago is a shit town and, you know, I, I can, I can dominate Chicago whenever I want to, you know, it's just, uh, it, it, it's in the moment. It's in the heat of the moment. He said what he wanted to say. And, you know, it's just an expression of, of, uh, you know, him running for a touchdown, which he doesn't do very much. So, you know, good on him. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't call that score an owning. But, uh, yeah, give the other team some 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 uh, locker room material to go against them harder next time. I love it. Cool, man. Hey, Rob, so for me, I'm a little bit mixed, all right? It is a team that he's owned. It's the Chicago Bears. And if you look at his, his win-loss record against that team, he's enjoyed a lot of success against them. And for me, I say no shame, but I want the NFL, and I want sports as a general, but but the NFL in, specific, uh, in specificity, if that's a word, um, to be consistent with that. You got Randy Moss. He, like, mimic moons the crowd, and everyone calls him disgusting. And they, they, they use the term moon when he didn't really do it. He mimicked it, right? Um, Rex Ryan tells the fan to shut the fuck up because the fan was, was, was antagonizing. When he leaves, he gets fined for that. But, but Aaron Rodgers um, comes out and, and says, uh, you know, I, I, I own you to, like, the crowd and this and that. And that's, that's, and that's okay because, it's, it's uh, one, it's kind of their boy. And, two, in Aaron Rodgers' defense, there was a girl when he scored the touchdown, there was a girl that gave him the double bird, two middle fingers when he entered the end zone. So it was one of those things where if someone flips you two middle fingers, sometimes you just see black, right? And sometimes, you know, and sometimes you you, you say what you got to say. And that's what made it more. I mean, first of all, it's Rogers, who's an, who's kind of a made man. Second of all, they had their uh, the the fans had their justification. Oh, he just you saw that, and he was in his moment. So I don't, there's not going to be a lot of uh, um, blowback like there was blowback from some some celebrations, right? Terrell Owens breaks out of Sharpie signs of football, and people are talking about all oh, oh since since when since when is winning not enough? Oh, you you know, and, and I'm like, uh, really? So my answer is uh, no shame, but let's come with that same energy when it's someone other than their boy. You know, I'm, I'm not, not I'm not an, an anti Rogers fan. I don't hate the prom queen because the voters made that man, that, that person prom queen. Right. You don't hate the prom queen. You you hate the voters. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. So. Um, so no shame. No shame. And I thought I'd gone too long on that. But I wanted to I wanted to um, to highlight that there's a, a um, player exceptionalism when it comes to certain players that do that do things that get to do things that no other player could get could even get away with and, and they cite as a pretext oh it's because he's great it's bullshit um no i have to I agree with angry? that because you know <laughs> no because the, you know touchdown celebrations are a thing you know where people because i don't necessarily like touchdown celebration i could do without the rogers thing but if you're talking about should i enforce him to not do that no, I don't care. You know, he's going to do whatever he needs to do to do it. But, you know, when it comes down to it, 
it's fun. You know, it's funny to see. It's cool mm. to have. You know, it's another piece of the entertainment, but yeah. it's not necessary. You know, that that's for sure at the end of the day. I mean, I'm biased too, right? I have my exceptions for touchdown celebrations. I like team celebrations. I like Washington Redskins in 80 doing the fun bunch. I remember New York, New York, the New York Giants, like the offensive lines, or the offensive line did like a double barrel roll. Two guys just jump in here and do like a, a like a forward barrel roll um the lambo leap man that's that's pretty cool to see in green bay you know it's, it's the, these celebrations are fan fan friendly they're not showing up the other team because you're not like in the other team's face like what's his name remember cd lamb kind of did the wave goodbye thing to um new england but and i didn't like it but if you saw what happened before that like he got he got pushed really hard after he was already in the end zone so so that was one of his situations he probably wouldn't have waved goodbye if he didn't get get cheap shotted at the end and as much as i found I know, he's kind of a talker he is but that yeah, I, but is. you know what I say. You come with that same energy. Very much like I did. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. We lost. And my hat is hey. in this room somewhere. I can't reach it. I you I ain't Michael Irvin. You, you're going to find me the next morning if my team loses. Go ahead. All I'm going to say is when you're not the number one mm-hmm. and you are you got skills and talent to be the number one, it's real nice to not be the number one. But when you're going to be the number one and defenses are trying to shut you down and you ain't got size, you ain't got quickness, you got route running, that's about it. Mm-hmm. You better hold on to that tight. So yeah. C.D. Lamb is nice and talkative now, but when he does have Amari Cooper as his number one, which, you know, he's been hurt, so I understand. But, again, he's had plenty of options around him. He doesn't have to score all the yards. That's why he'd be getting all mm-hmm. them yards. And, and you uh, know yeah, it's a matter of time someone's going to send him a message. Right, yeah, there's gonna be a guy out hit. there. There's gonna be a guy out there that's, that's gonna take, be willing to take the fine. He's gonna yeah. cut him low. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna. They're gonna, they're gonna knock the shit out of a defenseless receiver. Fifteen yards, sure, okay. You're, you're rejected. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> See you See guys next, next week. week. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not saying that's what should happen. I'm no. just saying like, but this the that's NFL, why you kind of don't talk trash. Yeah, you, 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 and and I'm not gonna lie, Dak has him up in the air a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, he be jumping up for 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 throws a lot. So. And don't you it think? Be careful, and don't man. you think Khalil Mack is going to put a little something on Rodgers? They played the Bears twice in a year. Mm. You think they're just going to let him get away with that? Rodgers, mm. if, if he plays the Bears, right? If he's about about three touchdowns, get the hell out of the game. <laughs> get the hell out of the game because that that I mean, he's if you create that vitriol or, or whatever, I'm telling you, they're going to come after you. He's going to be on a cart well, flipping, let's see up, if flipping everybody Love off again. Gonna, let's see if Jordan loves Cape. Jordan Love is going to be like talking about how much he loves the Bears. <laughs> I got love for everybody. My name is Jordan Love. <laughs> All right, so that's the um, <laughs> hopefully shuts the door without being cracked open of um, to shame and not to shame. And now our next section is quick question. Quick question. That's how I wanted to do it. From now on, every week, that's how we're going to do it, Rob McLean. Quick question, Rob. UFC, we only we only really want to talk about one thing: Costa, Paolo Costa versus Vittori, Mar- Marvin Vittori. Costa, you got Costa, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh man, it's gonna and, be fun. To and Vittori see, could but... take a shot, but I'm I'm, oh man, this this could be ugly. Costa Costa yeah. hits hard, dude. Hard. And Vittori, it's like another showing of Yoel mm-hmm. Romero, like a young young. Mm-hmm. right-handed Yoel Romero. And I don't see Vittori doing that ma- that Matrix-type stuff moving out the way and stuff. So, who? Yeah, I go on. Um, we both go Costa? 
Mm-hmm. All right. Rob, quick question. Will Dak make it to the end of the season? He's got a calf injury, and he's, he's had nagging injuries here and there. I'll go first on this one. I say yes. Yeah, I think he will because he's everything to Dallas, so yeah. they're going to do anything to protect him. He's also turning into my favorite quarterback on my least favorite team. I mean, I, I really like sure. the guy. All the way from, from Mississippi State, oh, oh, Miss or Mississippi Same. State, I'm trying to remember. Right now, 73% passing completion percentage. Uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi State, right, yeah. Um, who was got as high as fourth or third, I remember. Both Ole Miss and Mississippi State were ranked in the top ten that year. Yeah, they were high. Great quarterback, um, uh, uh, like, yeah, they had, draft uh, out of those. A.J. Brown, too, was over there, and oh, over shoot. in uh, Ole Miss and stuff. That was good nice. And D.K. Metcalf. Yeah, but again, here he is, 73 uh, co- uh, completion percentage, um, six touchdowns, 16 touchdowns, four picks. Um, the most important thing, I heard Stephen A. Smith mention it before, uh, cultural change. The winning culture. Okay, things go bad. You see guy, you see him slapping someone on a butter saying, hey, get up, let's go. This young guy talking to people 10 years older than him, and they're like, okay, that's our leader. And you know he's a leader because if you replace Romo, who was Jerry Jones' boy, you have to be good. You have to be made of sterner stuff and not just put up numbers. He has to be 13 yeah. and 3 just to take over that job. Anything less? So, yeah, all right, enough about Dak. And I guess one more yeah. question about the Cowboys. The quick question, Rob: Are the Cowboys the best team in the NFC right now? Um, at the moment, yes. But like of those top three or four teams, like it could be any one of them. So I'll say yes at the moment, just because mm-hmm. they're playing where they are. But at the end of the season, probably not. But they up there. They definitely there. I say no. Um, I say the Arizona Cardinals are for numerical reasons. They're the, undefe- the lone undefeated team. Their secondary yeah, looks you know. really, really good. A.J. Green has become uh, the older version of himself. And Kyler Murray is progressing through this quarterback um, uh, um, uh, maturity thing faster than we thought. And even without, that, that even without their head though. coach and O.C., but even without yeah, their head coach and OC, they beat the brakes off of this uh, of the Chargers. So that's 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 my best team in football right now. That's the Chargers team that that sh- probably uh, should have and could have beaten Dallas. Yeah, Browns. Maybe oh no, Browns. Browns. That's even better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Browns are decimated, Browns, but yeah. a win's a win. So I give them that. No, so yeah. no, the Ravens beat the Chargers, right? I gotta, yeah. I got to remember that. Shame on me. Oh, here's another question. Quick question, Robert. The Ravens, the best team in the AFC. I say yes, absolutely. Me but too. again, there's another couple teams that are right there with the Bills and the Titans, you know, another mm-hmm. couple good teams. I say yes. Uh, um, we both say for now. Um, quick question, Justin Herbert. Is he still the real deal or has he been an overachiever? Definitely the real deal. Yeah. No doubt about it. I'd say both, but definitely more the real deal. He's, he's overachieved. He faked it till he made it and now he's here. I think it's more the head coach. Yeah. The head coach is getting a little stale for me. Yep. Yep. Quick question, Rob. Why was Jacksonville and Miami still a, an intriguing game? That's not a quick question. Why was that such an intriguing game? It's because the level of play was 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 similar, you know. Right. Uh they're definitely both rebuilding teams and you know, uh they have both had some turnovers, they both couldn't score, so you know, mm-hmm. made it a little bit more exciting. Um but yeah, it was just a, a lower level game, but they both had the same level. So it was, yeah. it was, it, was so. A, it had a little bit of a Clemson versus Alabama feel to it too. Like Trevor Lawrence right. against Tua, right? Um, looked like a rematch on one of those national championship games, which 
This one was it was dude. Why was I jacked for the for the Jaguars? I was amped for for um for the coach for everybody when that field goal went in. You know, well, they had a crazy. big comeback. Yeah, they had a pretty big comeback, and then you know the Dolphins are all pretty big. Right. Um, where would be an quick question, Rob? Where would be an ideal landing spot for Cam Newton? You know, I think I was I was. I was kind of talking and thinking about it. I think the two places that I had in my mind were uh, the Texans. I feel like that would be great for him because Tyrod Taylor was killing it there. Yeah. You know, so that Sim- would work out really similar well. Similar mobility, and yeah. Then, uh, you know, and then maybe the Seahawks. You know, I don't think what, what Geno Smith is doing there working out that great. You know, you could put an experienced quarterback, kind of make it work for a couple of weeks while Russell Wilson's out and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, come back and, and maybe have somebody who's a – uh, you know, fired for that offense who kind of has that personality. So I think those could be two really good spots for him. Yeah, Gino, that time. I mean, the timing's been so bad for him. I, you almost think he's getting paid to lose, like he's on a take or something. He gets the ball back. He, he he takes a sack, takes him out of field goal range. He gets the ball back and then fumbles the ball. He gets the ball back, throws a pick. And I'm just like, what's going on, dude? So from my ideal landing spot for him would have been uh, uh, Cam Newton would be the Jets. Um, um, oh, no, no. um, yeah, no, oh, well, that's where careers go to. Die. I got one, uh, Detroit would be another fantastic place for him. They run the ball well, they yeah. got a nice O line, yeah, it would be a really nice place for Dan Campbell to get some some relief from, yeah, Jack, uh, Jared Goff. <laughs> Campbell himself called out Goff, yeah, to the media. I mean, so he's got to step up his game, and I didn't think that was a terrible call out. You need to step up your game. How about that? That's it. Yeah. Be a, you know, take it take it like a man. I'm sexist now. Um, quick question. Many believe Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in the NFC North. Quick question, Rob. Give me one name. Who's the second best quarterback in the NFC North? Oh, Joe Burrow, no doubt. But again, like if we're trying to look at who's the best pocket quarterback, you know what I'm saying? We could, you know, talk maybe Lamar's not the best pocket quarterback, but you know, when you have only when you have eight in the box. You know, you're you're playing a preschool preschool reads. <laughs> you know, it's 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 yeah. simple. So Lamar is easily far and beyond one of the best passers in the league because he doesn't have to face the same defenses that a pocket passer does have to face. You know, and just him or his coach recognizing that makes the game. That's why I think what we saw last week was us a start to a big change in what we're about to see. You know, offenses and the uh, the quarterback being able to. Um, take over the defensive look right you, you drop one safety in the box we're going to beat you in the past you take a safety out we're going to beat you with the quarterback read option you know it's it's kind of starting to become that in the league so i think it's going to be that yeah i got burrow too and in a division where you have ben roethlisberger and baker mayfield and lamar jackson that's pretty pretty good that 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 you and i give this man this man this young man that just the respect he deserves a uh, quick question, Rob. Wednesday nights, uh, the Nick, the New York Knicks. I'm doing this for you, okay? You New Yorker, you diehard Knicks fan. Knicks face the Celtics opening opening game on Wednesday. Who wins? Knicks. Games at the Garden, man. Celtics are a good team. Um, I still, yeah. but I gotta go. Uh, spit and swallow. I go Knicks. Um, quick question. <laughs> Ben Simmons. This ain't even a quick. We, we say this for the end. Ben Simmons gets kicked out of practice uh, today because and during the huddles he's dribbling, doing his own thing. Doc Rivers is trying to communicate with him, and he's kind of 
in his own place and conduct detrimental to the team was the reason he's suspended actually so you're not you will not see him game one quick question rob yes or no should ben simmons play for the sixers this year uh should he so i think this is this is difficult because we haven't seen this in a long time in, in the nba where there's been like a not only a contract dispute but a sort of a trade request contract dispute i mean this happened with stephen marbury back in the day with uh the knicks i mean this happened a couple of times where mm-hmm. you know there's just it's kind of the business side of the game and i kind of hate that and this kind of shows the immaturity and i think why you know the sixers really don't want to really can't trust in a joel indeed or a tobias harris to to really um lead their team because they are they are kind of also a little immature as well you can't be in the media speaking about Ben Simmons and his contract thing and say, show up, be a man, do your job when, you know, you basically have been trashed all postseason. Like, where were you guys defending me before about my jump shot, my my free throw, helping me out, trying to make me better? You know, so it's just, it's pretty, it's pretty rough. I'm, trust me, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not coming to Ben Simmons' um, rescue. I think you do have to show up and go to work, but at the end of the day, you know, those are private conversations. Those are things in-house that you have to handle. And uh, we, we when people talk about that outside the team, you got to be like, hey, you know, everything's all good. We're going to handle it. It's going to be good. If they are talking about it outside and the team is, you know, flipping on Ben Simmons, I mean, that's bad. But at the end of the day, Ben's who he is. He's going to be a, one of the best defensive players on the court. He's going to be one of the best transition players on the court. And if you can't, if you don't want that on your team, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know your issue as a team um yeah ben man this is probably what he's been told to do to be honest like this is a business decision you know so as as terrible as it looks like this is what basketball players have to do to create leverage to get what they need in 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 their business decision so unfortunately this is what he has to do uh yeah it's it's sad but this is what it comes to you know Players don't have leverage. This is leverage. Um, do I think he should play for the rest of the season with the Sixers? No, because this is what it's going to be like. Uh, I think it's already set in stone. That's just kind of what it is. Rob, so, you, you, Rob, you brought up a very, very good point where everybody else is on, on the Sixers side. You brought up a very good argument for Ben Simmons' side. And you and I actually had a pretty spirited debate on this a couple of weeks ago on why aren't why haven't you know about you holding certain people responsible for for what he's missing in his toolbox all these years and this and that and where my side of the argument was quoting to mother Teresa, one must participate in one's own salvation so and i think um i'm not going to go that route because i still think we both feel the same way about that and 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 though it's fun to butt heads though it's fun to butt heads back and forth on that keep that same um, energy yeah yeah but though it's you know what i'm saying it's fun to it's fun to butt heads on that yeah we both and that's the cool thing because we both have our reasoning and and I, and right. the, it's so unique because neither one of us are really wrong you dude you're not wrong you're just you're just one of uh, uh um maybe one or two people out there that, that that i've even heard made that argument you know and it was it was fresh and it, and it got me by surprise but at the same time it's not wrong but with that being said i guess the answer to the question the answer is no and the answer is no because of what you're saying is true not only did they they alienate him with the media they also painted a bad image of of him for its for teams that want to pick him up right there, there are teams that 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 took a whole bunch of time to get rid of that that kind of drama and 
who nobody's going to be looking for someone like that and he hasn't even joined the team yet so if they continue to do this if what you're saying is wrong that's very very dirty of them because they're not just trying to get rid of them and get maybe pay out or, or get them to quit so they could keep that money but they're basically sending a message to the rest of the league he's that guy who wants that guy to play on your team you know right he can't hit a free throw yeah how about he's one of the best defensive players in the league and yeah. as the president of the team or as the coach of the team, mm -hmm. that's what you should be stressing to these media people who ask it time and time again. Hey, but did you see how much defense did he play? You know how many rebounds he had? Do you yeah. see how much, how, how well he pushed the ball at the people, floor? But yeah, again, people's shooting percentage against, yeah, people's field goal percentage yeah. against him. Yeah, agree. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like, okay, then let's talk about, you know, uh, you know, a big man because he's a big man, right? He's a point forward. He's not a, he's not a shooting guard. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just it's this is kind of it's sad because this is why they kind of talk about the analytics in sports is that you lose a lot of what you could learn about a sport or what is important about a sport if you just look about the statistics sure his shooting or whatever they say is what it doesn't show up in the stat sheet is incredible from Brent Simmons his in, his intangibles you know and if you have a Joel Embiid you have a Tobias Harris who can score the ball why are we talking about somebody shooting the ball Mm -hmm. yeah at all you know rob when i was getting it in you know climbing up as a volleyball coach i coached at school in new york um they gained enough rec recognition where they named me like the all-star there was an ex there's something at the end called the exceptional seniors game it's an all-star game in new york that has this amazing uh, immigration population not for basketball for, but for boys volleyball polish guys dominican guys you you and so for the tryout process Brenda Morgan, who's the director of the PSAL, told me there was a uh, players that that were no on the on exempt from the, from being cut, which I I thought was just very very bizarre, and I just think it was her way of trying to get more African Americans into the sport of volleyball, which. I thought, and her case was wrong because she's from Brooklyn. She just didn't see a lot of black guys on the team. But if she, she went to JFK High School, that team's all Dominican and black. And, and all she sees are the teams, the good teams from Queens, Long Island, where those teams are predominantly white. So she had certain black players on a no-cut list. And I know I'm airing their laundry, but it's years ago and kissed my ass. But there was a guy on the team that was six foot four. He was an outside hitter. And he says, Coach, I just want to let you know ahead of time, um, I don't receive serve. And I don't take and you know and I don't and I don't, I don't take the down balls and free balls, and he's an outside hitter and and in our in our wheelhouse, that that those 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 are the requirements for that position even before hitting, <laughs> even before offense, and it was one of those things that someone comes in and I'm not allowed to cut this guy and the normal coach would be like man you what, <laughs> you know, uh, um, but this is where I support your argument. This kid's a senior. And he's going to, he's going, this is a practice, a tryouts first, and then the practice. And he's supposed to get noticed by college coaches. And I'm like, I'm mad at Brenda because I'm like, first of all, you cut this, and their coach. Because you talked about, you you cast aspersions on the coaches for not training these kid, this kid properly. So me, and I'm, go, I'm getting somewhere with this, and I know we're winding down. But the point I was trying to make was I had a decision to make. I could coach him up and I'll be like, hey. I'm, I'm going to give you your options. You want, you're, you're in this all-star game. You want college coaches to notice you. They're not just going to pick you up because you're big, you know, or the next two practices, come get with me and let's just, let's just work on some, some stuff and this and that. And when the game came, he still wasn't a, like the primary passer, but he showed he, he, did, he wasn't just a tall black athletic guy that coaches could just stick in the middle or just say, Hey, I'm gonna put you in for one rotation. He, he showed a, 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 a fast IQ, 
a quick learning, quick learning, and and in like three practices from that to the All Star game, the kid looked uh, not sensational, but he didn't look like the uh, uh, the kid that 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 can't that can't receive a serve. <laughs> and let's fast forward to Ben Simmons. The reason why you're upset is because they've had opportunities in high school, opportunities in college, opportunities in the pro scene. Okay, these assistant coaches, they're not. This isn't a part-time gig, all right? They're not fucking waiting tables at night and they're doing this a couple hours during the day and they don't have time to look at video or have time to help this guy. So so to me, we're, neither one of us are wrong because we don't know what the truth is. To you, the truth is they had all this time to train him and, uh, and, and make him better at the free throw line and shooters and they failed him. And me, my truth is I think they want to help him, but he's like, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, good. I'm, I'm going to do this. I don't want to, you know, because it's a player's driven league. So there's some, some, so the truth is in the middle because to me, I do believe because it's a player driven league, the player can determine how much time, uh, uh, extra time that, that, he, that he wants a coach, that he hires a coach. And it is just yeah. mind boggling. Go ahead, go ahead, coach. But I, I got to say, you know, there just because, you know, Ben Simmons, six nine, super long, not the biggest guy, but he's, you know, he's a dynamic talent and his ceiling is incredibly high. Uh-huh. But that doesn't mean that his mental, and I'm not saying that he's not, you know, a great player mentally as well, no. but that doesn't mean that he's going to push himself to that capacity. You know what I mean? So you still got to, you know, any player at any level, you still have to baby step them along in a sense, you know, whether it is mentally, you know, and that is, you know, okay, you're not good at free throws. You're not good at choosing a layup over passing the ball to a guy who's going to get fouled, you know, when there's an easy layup on the basket, you know, that's clearly sports psychology. That has nothing to do with putting your hand up and putting your, you know, the ball in the hoop, you know? So when it comes to that, one, either, you know, you're not getting good people around you to recognize that. Or two, you're not having people that have that are good basic coaches to give you that because just because you're not a psychologist doesn't mean you can't give somebody positive reinforcement. You know, this is the right thing. You need to work at like this for a while and, and it'll get better over time. You don't need a freaking rocket scientist for somebody to tell you that. No, so you again, just need a coach. It, it does, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And a lot of this does come from me down from, you know, I like Duke. You know, that's a that's a school that, you know, my my dad likes, you know, my neighbor likes it. So like I've always liked Duke. And Duke is like, you know, hit your free throws. If you don't hit your free throws, you don't leave the line when you know after practice you got hit thirty free throws in a row or ten free throws in a row, whatever the heck it is. Um, you know, so it's more of an indictment on all the coaches, you know, that all, every basketball player should be hitting their free throws. Unless you, know? you yeah. and that goes to a lot of NBA players say that is like, how do people be missing easy free throws? Even the guys who didn't shoot free throws well back in the day, they're saying make your free throws now. You know, you got Shaq making front of Rudy Gobert who can't make free throws. It's like, it's it just it shows you that you know free throws are very important, and that's all he needs to do. Ben Simmons because they were making jokes on him when he first came in the league. Oh, he doesn't want to shoot a three. He can't shoot a three. Look how many threes he shoots this game and that game and this game and that game. And now it's about free throws. Now it's about he doesn't want to take layups, easy layups, and he wants to. So it's like you got to see the progression of these things and how he's been beaten down over time about his offensive game. When that's not something that he's natural. His natural ability is defense, is athleticism, is being able to transition from offense to defense. 
to be able to use his IQ to see the floor just like a LeBron. You know, maybe not as physical, but just in the same type of a he didn't have offense, but he will have offense. Eventually, it will grow. It will come. He will body people up and down low on the board and be crafty. That's what he was already doing. But again, because he wasn't shooting threes, he wasn't effective enough because people want to see the very best of Ben Simmons. Not his best, but their idea of best, which is 50% three-point shooter, killing every single, you know, 10, 10 assists a game, getting triple doubles everywhere because that's what they think he's capable of doing. But let's just, you know, give him the basic skills and let him see what he can make, you know. They don't let, like, if you're in the NBA right now, right, five years in the NBA, we don't have a coach, a single coach is getting him to shoot free throws, and that's, not, that's an indictment on the player. In a player-driven you know, league, player. yes. But an indictment on the player to, one, keep himself in the right place outside of the court, right? Keep all his family in check, everything else in check outside the court. And then you got to come in and then not only learn the offense and the defense and what the other team is doing, but you got to keep yourself in check on the basics. That is on the coach to keep the player in check on the basics. That is literally the job of the coach is, hey, you're, you're not efficient on the basic skill. I need you to get in the gym and work during practice. That's what practice is for. In a player-driven <laughs> league, for. in a player-driven but, league, Jason, that is a hell of a question. Is for? Hmm. But then what is practice for? I get what you're talking about in the offseason, sure. But that's, again, that's up to him to decide what he needs to work on. If he doesn't think he needs to work on that, that's his player-driven thing. You need the right people around you mm-hmm. to drive you to do the right thing sometimes. Yes, yeah. you need structure. Like that's, well, that's I'm, well, well, you have too many examples to support your argument too, right? Like Phil Jackson. About what? He, what? No, but what Phil did for Shaq, yeah. right? Right. Hey, and hey, you ever, you ever take up you ever take up yoga? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> did, was, was Shaq not in the best shape of his life? <laughs> like, did he not look lot. like Superman when he played for the Lakers? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not. I mean, he looked like Superman when he was playing for the Orlando Magic. That's mm, well, I, that was baby. He, he used to have baby fat. Nah, come on now, bro. Nah, he was a he was not. He was, <laughs> he, but look, he was. <laughs> He was still unstoppable. <laughs> and he did take them to a finals, right? You know, him and Penny went to a finals, right? They they played Houston. The best I've ever seen Shaq look is on the was, was the Magic. Orlando yeah. Magic, yeah. Yeah. He was in La La Land too. I mean no the, kid, the kids loved him. Mm. Adults, grown men followed him. Yeah, man. Good good job for Shaq. But yeah, but Phil, good job. Uh Chuck Daly, all of these people that helped that helped Rodman with his game. So I give you I mean, I co-sign a little bit with that with that. All right, look, we gotta get out of here. But before we go, wanted to wish congratulations to the Chicago Fire. They won the WNBA title. They were down by 14 points. We look at where all signs looked like it was going to a game five, but they came back and they won. Um, Kaylee Copper is named the finals MVP and we, you know, we, we, we can only talk about X amount of stuff on this short consolidated 50 minutes to an hour or over an hour now, but we would be remiss. It would be, um, podcast malpractice if we didn't mention the WNBA and what, and, and, um, there's some up years and down years, but that was a very exciting finals to watch. I watch, I got to watch, um, honestly, I only got to watch two games of the other, other, of that series but i did get to watch that last game and watch that comeback and just watch just clean basketball great ball control these girls way up at the rim i'm like i see a girl go up and i'm like is she gonna dunk man she's up there and she lays it up and i'm like just these these elite athletes on on the opposite gender are our counterparts who you know right who runs the world girls <laughs> how you feel how you feel about that one 
Yeah, I mean, congratulations to them. I thought it was great teams on both sides. You know, it was good competitive yeah. games. And good coaching. Like I said, you know, it could have gone five easy and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, game back. And, yeah, it was a great game. Yep. Hey, who runs the world? Girls. <laughs> All right, Rob, before we go, is there anything you'd like to say to our population of followers before we depart? Just stay happy, stay healthy, yo. Stay happy, stay healthy. I like that, man. I co-sign with that, man. I love this, man. You love this, man. And he loves you. But I, for the rest of y'all, I ain't got no love left. In fact, I can't stand any of you, all right? So we are out of here, all right? So for all of you at home, for all of you on the line at Starbucks, for all of you on your iPad, uh, Droid, desktop, who runs the world? Old school, old school. For my man, Rob, keep it. McLean, McLean. <laughs> this is episode 74. Four, a sports debate Tuesday. Hey, we're finishing late, but better late than never. Love you to pieces. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Angel. You're going to love what you hear.